Dave. How are you going? I'm going very well. Yourself? Really good, thanks. I'm just trying to open a beer with one hand. I should have got this organized beforehand. Let me ask you this. Why are you only using one hand? Because I'm holding a microphone with my other hand. Ah, right. Okay. You need to get yourself a uh, mic stand. Yeah, I just decided that I'm, I'm too DIY for any upgrades. Okay. Or, or, or a beer opener. Or a beer opener. <laughs> just hire a beer opener, don't you reckon? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, just get someone to open your beers for you. Yeah, right. So Hop Nation's doing well then, Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I don't have a beer opener. <laughs> um, it's the new Filter Double Red that I'm opening. Uh, Filter sent me some of their beers, and it is delicious. I had a couple on the weekend. Uh, so if people are looking for a delicious red beer, get onto that one. It's nice. really good. What does it look like can-wise? Uh, like a filter beer. Okay. But like that's, that's, that's sort of what I mean. I feel like a red filter is like there's only one way to do it. But if they've got a red and a, and a double red, what's the uh, So it's the entire can's two different shades of red. Gotcha. So the, right. the stripe's a lighter shade and it's written in gold. I bet that looks striking. Yeah, it is actually pretty good. Um, Emma and I had a long, long chat about filters design the other week. Yeah. I think we both go back and forth on it and I still don't know if I love it or I dislike it. Uh, but in this case, it looks really good. Cool. All right. You got a beer there, Dave? I, I've actually got a hot cup of tea because I yeah, have not been feeling the best, um, in the last couple of days. Oh no. Got my Got first COVID jab on Friday and I th- I told all my friends I was going to uh, just champ the side effects and not feel anything, and uh, that's not how it unfolded. Why, why did you do that? Tempting fate, I guess. Yeah. Um, I never, yeah. I, I never like, feel, uh, and I, I never get the flu, really, and I never feel the side effects of anything ever, so I was, like, pretty confident, but humbled, humbled by it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll... Uh, welcome, I guess, who you've already heard already, Duncan Gibson from Hop Nation. Dunk, how are you going? Not too bad. Having a good day. I've just actually got a fresh pint of uh, Rattenhund in my glass, which is uh, quite delectable. Excellent. I, I was going to open a Hop Nation beer, but the only one I had on hand was the 2021 Kalash, yeah. which is in a big tin. I was like, ugh, five <laughs> o'clock on a Monday is probably a bit early for that. <laughs> it's a good way to start the week, though. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. What else are we doing? Hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Dunker, that beer's won a trophy for you and has been a bit of a hype beer. Yeah. Can you tell us about Rattenhund? So um, Rattenhund is a traditional German pilsner, in case people haven't tried it. Um, it was our sort of first go at making a really traditional old-style um, lager, and we... Used um, Wyland floor malted um, Pilster malt, so a really high quality, high spec German malt in it. We used Bluestone's um, Pilsen yeast. Um, we also did decoction mashing on it, so a different way of stepping up the temperature in the mash and then cooking some of the mash to get sort of um, that yellowy caramelization of some of the, um, the sugars in it. And then um, to top it off, we do eight weeks total time in tank, so like a very long extended lagering period um, with just um, hot side hops and their traditional hops as well. So there's um, – I'm just looking on the can to remember the hops. <laughs> Saz and um, Spout Select hops in it. So super traditional, really like crisp, drinkable – with a nice bitterness and like, yeah, it's it's a beer that I'm really digging at the moment. All the guys in the brewery are really digging it. So it's, um, yeah, it's a fun thing to, str- you know, go sort of against the grain and do something that's not super hoppy or hazy or adjuncty and go really traditional. So it's been fun. Was it a particular um, motivation for that or just something you were due to have a crack at? Um, so... I've, like I've always, it's always been a style, um, German Pilsen that I've, that I've really loved. Um, and me and one of our brewers, um, Timmy, were really keen to like give it a crack. The sales guys and marketing guys are kind of like, oh, I don't know if it's going to really sell that well, but we'll, give, we'll let you guys do your own thing and have a little go at it. So we did a smaller tank of it. Um, and that was the one that won the um, trophy at the um, Abers. And then... 
Um, since then, we've kind of been refining it, and it pretty much sells out as it um, gets canned. So it's um, becoming a, a hype beer, which is kind of weird because it's not hype at all. <laughs> well, thinking about everything else you guys uh, have been becoming known for, this is the the opposite completely, right? Mm, exactly, yeah. It was more like a beer that I guess the brewers and um, wanted to brew and were really interested in doing and re- like really looking at like really fine picking into the brewing techniques and making sure we did everything sort of exactly as like a really traditional German person would, would be made. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, how many times have you made it now? Um, so there was the original one and then we've done another release um, that sold out like in not even a day, um, which was quite a, it was a larger tank. And then we've got two of them in tank now. And we also, we've just got the um, new cans printed for it. So instead of, um, oh, I just dropped oh. my cans on the ground. <laughs> well, yeah, so instead of having it um, with labeled, it's um, all printed can. And then we've changed some of the um, the colors on it. So we've now got gold for the rat and hun, trying to make it more that like traditional look um so yeah it'll be yeah looking smart in its own little package and being released like that soon it's so fascinating that this has happened Mm. you know just uh, as we said the the hype the interest in the market isn't isn't these beers or doesn't people don't think it's these beers but you guys have proven that wrong by making a really good one (laughs) yeah yeah i think we were also a lot of the brewers were like you know, a little frustrated with some of the um, Australian lagers and wanted to really hone in and do something that was really, really good. What makes you frustrated about Australian lagers? I think a lot of the times, for me anyway, hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn, but um, they're not lagered long enough and you have um, you know, a slight fault or like quite you know, raw-tasting um, lager that like, just to me isn't that appealing. And so... Um, well, since since we've done the Red Hood, we now have um, reworked our organic lager recipe and we're lagering a lot longer and using decoction mash and that to try and get that because that, for me, probably was not that realm of, like, Australian lagers that, you know, I wasn't super stoked on. Um, it was a bit rough and um, needed to be refined. So we have used a lot of the, um, you know, the knowledge that we learned out of making Red Hood and that organic lager now, and I think that's a much improved beer um, because of that. If you were looking just at the organic lager, um, Doug, what do you, like, how can you describe um, what the lagering time does to the flavour profile? Like, let's say you did, you mashed it the same way um, as you normally would, but you had the extra lagering period. What would you, how would you describe what it does to the flavour profile? Um, so a lot of like, you know, if there's any sulfur or um, like ethyl acetate and things like that, they diminish over that period of lagering time. But also you just get like a really like smooth crispness to the lager rather than it being sort of grainy and rough. That's how I'd best describe it. I don't know if that's a great description. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, that's uh, an interesting one. And it's a really good, it's such a good beer that I'm, um, it's so exciting to see those kind of things happen in the market. Uh, how did it feel winning a, a trophy for it? Well, I was pretty stoked. Yeah, it was uh, like it was. We've never re- well, we haven't won any trophies before that, and we, um, you know, obviously been working on a beer quality getting better over the years, but um, won a few, you know just a few medals and stuff like that. So it was the first time that we'd sort of been up there for something you know that prestigious, and we were like super stoked. We we're just over the moon. Everyone had a great night. Um, yeah, I think we finished partying about six in the morning. <laughs> yeah, nice. I think I think I left you at about four in the morning. Still <laughs> yeah. lunch, so, um, did you win a trophy for the buzz as well? Um, yeah, the buzz got a trophy. Um, Rattenhund got a trophy, and then we got Champion Medium Brewery and Champion Victorian Brewery. Yeah, so it was a, yeah, it was wow. a big night. It was pretty cool. Congrats on all that. That's really yeah, cool. That's a, huge, that's a huge night. What a result. Yeah. Um, the buzz as well was, a, I think, a, a favourite of the podcast. So it's cool to see that get some get some love because I feel like that's 
Not, I mean, yeah, o- overlooked. You know, it's not one that people probably associate with your brewery that much. Um, but yeah. it's certainly, pro- you know, it's one that I'll always get if I'm at the tap room. Yeah, it's um, if it's funny. You're right. It does always sort of get overlooked. And um, but I think it was the second beer that we uh, made at Hop Nation, and like it's always been a favourite. Like, and it always just has its like sort of little following of people that that get it and really like it. Hmm. Out of those four trophies, Doug, which one are you the most proud of? Oh, that's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, which one? Which one are you the least proud of? (laughs) It's difficult as well. (laughs) Um, I can like Champion Medium Breweries, like pretty awesome. Um, There's a lot of amazing breweries in that category, Um, and to to be on top for that was like, yeah, that was really really sick. Yeah, Yeah, that's nice. You guys have been busy. I feel like <laughs> I, I I didn't actually check when we last spoke on the podcast. Uh, it was a while ago though, and since then, I think site fermentation has grown into. I don't think you were making wine at all then. Um, you're doing communitinis, blobfish, zimiji. Does it feel like it's been a crazy few years for you guys? Yeah, it's definitely been a crazy few years. Um, personally, I sort of get bored when there's nothing happening so i always start <laughs> new projects all the time um i think that's sort of part of it but um we kind of wanted to create a business that wasn't um so reliant on just beer um or just craft beer um that we had sort of different ways to um create create revenue and keep our business like as a stable uh, business so we have um, site fermentation, um, which is our or site wine, sorry, which are our wine label, um, which we lease a little winery down on the Mornington Peninsula with some friends and um, make our wines down there, which that over the last few years has grown quite a lot as well. Um, and obviously everyone probably knows the background, me and Sam, as we used to be winemakers, so it's a very easy thing for us to sort of go back and, and do. Uh, and also, like, it's a really nice thing to be able to still keep our um, hand in doing, doing wines as well. Um, and then the beer side of things has been, you know, growing and ticking away. And we've um, we managed to buy the old Mornington Peninsula production facility about a year ago, um, which gave us really good equipment to brew on and also meant that we could um, bring all of our beers back in house as we were brewing some of them, some of the core range out of um, Brick Lane. So it meant that we could, you know, be hands on brewing everything ourselves and um, and doing it, doing it all ourselves again, which was really cool. And then we started a seltzer brand as well um, called Ray, and that's um, going well. And then yeah, Zimaji um, is our restaurant and. Um, West Footscray, which we partnered up with Julian Hill from Narvi. Um, so he kind of looks after the food side of it and we look after the beverage side of it. And if it wasn't for COVID, that would be going really well right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, fuck that I, up actually, <laughs> I actually went and got one of the takeaway uh, dinners there the other weekend Yeah, with, with a bottle of the site Pinot uh, yeah. that I picked up as well. And it was really good. If, uh, if anyone is in lockdown in, in this part of Melbourne, I can recommend doing that because it was a it was a real bloody treat. Mm. Um, I really I also want to mention the site wine labels. They're really cool. Yeah. With the uh, who's the artist that does those? Is um, Henrietta Harris. Um, she's a New Zealand artist. I think she's based in Wellington. Um, yeah, we saw her stuff on Instagram and really liked it and sort of pitched the idea of. Um, you know, buying some of our art to be able to use it for our wine um, series. And, yeah, she was open to it and we got it off the ground. It's, I guess, the art and the style of um, her art is kind of the brand with that, with that wine. With mm. that, yeah. Um, Had she ever done anything like um, this before in the sense of label art? No, no. She's, um, like in New Zealand, she's a pretty well-known, you know, artist but not not with um, labels or alcohol brands. It's really cool. Like 
you've just take you know not taken but used the painting and just put that on the front and that's the label yeah uh, you know there's a confidence and you guys must have really liked the art and hoped everyone else <laughs> yeah. must like it right yeah yeah we we absolutely loved it and we just like decided to to dive in and give it a shot like that um also like our sock wine brand's probably never going to be a massive big commercial thing it's something that people will hopefully you know, be a bit more niche people seek out um and you know can hopefully associate their art with the with the brand um the hop nation as a brand the overall brand look is seems to be evolving a little bit with some of the releases secretly swedish or on instagram i can't remember his name but i've seen he's been doing some design for <coughs> you guys yeah. um is are you kind of organically evolving the brand or is there sort of wholesale change in the works or, or how does that look in now so with like all of our sort of core products um are still with that hop nation like green black and white can um and we'll and three seven five mil and we'll probably always stay like that i say probably but we we always change our minds so it's hard to say but <laughs> <laughs> at this stage we'll stay like that and then um all of our specialty stuff we want to be in that like 440 mil, um, you know, colourful labels, like um, sort of trying to push the boundaries a little bit or show that we're pushing the boundaries. So um, we started like not too long after Mornington doing that and now we're sort of starting to, yeah, refine it and it's working really well for us and we just do, you know, one batch of it, sell it out and then, um, you know, don't rebrew it. It's just a constant evolving thing and I think that sort of, having the different can size and the different labels sort of um, associates it with the main brand, which is like always, you know, quality, less experimental, I guess, just more like quality, good beers that you can drink every night where um, the 440 mils are more, you know, I want something that's super hoppy or punchy or um, yeah, just a bit more, more out there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, I really liked the the stuff. Uh, Mark Gamble's the designer that you guys worked with for Gabs, your Gab stand. Yeah, um, and I think he's done a, he's done the most recent labels, hasn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Sophie's, Sophie's nodding, so it's yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sophie. <laughs> uh, he gave he gave me a, a little badge at, at uh, Gabs. Yeah, and it's great. It's a really cool little design. It wasn't one of yours. It was just a fun little badge you'd made. Yeah, those. Uh, so um, those Gabs posters were awesome. They all sort of retro band posters of all of our old labels. I think it's yeah, it's really cool. Um, can you can we buy them anywhere? Is that a? Um, we don't have. We Sophie said there's a few JJ's ones under under a desk, so we can we can get you one. But we don't <laughs> have them for sale. We we might do. Like I think. It, were, you, were you selling the hoodies? Uh, we did like we did long sleeve. Um, oh, that's right. Like t-shirts, I guess they're called lots of t-shirts. We'll still got some down the brewery, I think. Yeah, right. Because I remember seeing them around Gabs and being like, "What are those?" Not realizing they were yours. Yeah. And then kind of later, I'm like, "Oh, right. That's that's why that's why there's a lot of people wearing them because they're working for Hot Nation." Yeah. <laughs> um, they're cool. I really like them. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about communities. Yeah. Because that's been a really fun thing to watch. Yeah. Uh, what is what is communities for people that don't know? So communities, when we f- went into, I think one of the first lockdowns, we were like, thought to ourselves, how can we sort of be part of the beer community and help, um, you know, our friends sell beer, us sell beer, and get a good um, buzz around, you know, craft beer when people were sad and might need a little pick me up during um, their COVID lockdown. So we. Um, contacted lots of different brewers that are you know obviously friendly with and um started making mix packs and we thought oh we'll just do this as a once off like at the start of the first lockdown and um that'll be it but the reception for them was amazing um they like sell out so quickly every time we release them so we just kept doing it we changed up the brewers so that you know everyone gets a, a fair shot in there and um yeah, try to put something together that's, you know, interesting, has some good 
you know, just solid normal bears, has something that's a bit more out there and try and curate these packs that um, that sort of beat the old lockdown blues, I guess. It's a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> like unpack everyone's bears and repack them. Yeah. Well, the, so the biggest one, so um, Cole's, like halfway through the first, I can't even remember all the lockdowns we've had now, through one of them, whatever, Cole mm. saw, saw the idea, realised it was something cool and wanted to get behind it and they ordered, it was like four and a half thousand cases once packed of them. Um, so we had, it was like 17 people, all socially distanced, obviously, with yeah. masks on um, and packed um yeah 24 different breweries beers into a 24 pack 4,000 of them over like three days um it was actually a terrible three days I had to be there the whole time like orchestrating the madness (laughs) it wasn't any fun at all I can tell you that but it was cool and it was gave you know lots of people um like an outlet to sell beer and um, something cool to be part of and yeah, and so now we're still doing them, but just on the smaller smaller scale, where we just get everyone's um, beers to Hop Nation in Footscray, and then we repack them up and and send them out as little twelve packs. Um, I thing I really like about that is seeing the breweries that you've uh, you know have, you've teamed up with to do it, and uh, it's always changing. And, and seeing you know friends of ours breweries pop up or small breweries that might not get the love or, you know, you kind of, like I'm kind of worried about so many breweries at the moment. So yeah. seeing them kind of pop up in those packs is like, oh, awesome. You know, there's uh, there's a little bit of a friendship. There. There's a community community going on there. There's a definite community going on there. Yeah, super fun. And people um, are always really stoked. And, like, often um, when they come and drop their beers off, they give us, like, a little mixed pack of their beers and we give them a little mixed pack of ours and um, have a – you know, have a chat and it's, I don't know, it's just a nice way to be involved with people when it's really hard to be. Mm. <clears throat> um, let's talk seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about the seltzer. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have that in my notes and you mentioned it before. I'm like, oh, right. They've got Ray, mm-hmm. yeah. which is, uh, how's it going? It's going really well. Yeah. It's growing really quickly. Um, which is good, and getting back into the warm weather. Obviously, during winter, there's a bit of a lull because it's not really a winter drink. Um, but coming back into summer, it's like it's already really picked up. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's going well. It's more, it's, um, yeah, I guess it's like a different demographic of people we're targeting, and um, it's actually quite fun to make. Twenty <laughs> third of August, and we're saying coming back into summer. That's preposterous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm from New Zealand. I wear shorts all year round, so it's <laughs> endless summer in Melbourne, really. Yeah, Dan, I, I broke out the shorts last week, so uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, have you changed or evolved how you're making the seltzer now? Um, yeah, we've like worked a lot on our. Um, like flavorings and things we're using in it. Also how, because we ferment ours and how we do that. Um, so we use um, a wine yeast and then um, the thing about fermenting sugar and water is it's actually pretty hard because there's no nutrient in there. So I actually go back to my sort of winemaking background and a lot of the nutrients and stuff that we're using for winemaking, I use them in our seltzer so that we can ferment it pretty quick so I can get it down to like a five-day ferment um and at the start we it was like we were like 30-day ferments so we've really like worked on nutrient and all the rest of it to get it quicker and that that like that kind of like scientific um side of making salsa that's like that's what I really enjoy about like making beer wine um anything so um yeah, I've actually enjoyed making it. <laughs> it's been quite fun. And then lots of our flavorings are, um, you know, we get a whole bunch of samples and then do different bench trials and taste and think about what the market wants. And quite often, <clears throat> you know, a brewer's palate is maybe not actually the best palate to judge what the market wants because 
you know, brewers are looking for like bitterness or, you know, different things that um, aren't really associated with seltzer. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. What do you think the market is for it? Who's buying it? Sophie, what's the demographic? Sorry, <laughs> Who's buying Ray? <right? laughs> um, everyone. Everyone. But um, yeah. it's definitely skewed towards females, for sure. But I think you'd be surprised that it's lots of people who drink it. Yeah. What about age group? Millennials. Millennials, yeah. Millennials, yeah. Is it too early to sort of gauge what the full <coughs> demographic and market looks like? Because it sort of went from like a boom product into like lockdown into winter. And I imagine buying patterns are a bit all over the place. Um, do you have an idea about what it's going to look like um, going forward, like regularly? Yeah, it's hard to say, like, because it's, we had that first summer last summer and everything like really took off. And like you say, then we had um, lockdowns and winter and things slowed, but you can already see now things are taking off again. But I think if you look at America and like white call all the brands that are over there, you can get a pretty good idea of what is to come in Australia. Um, but I think like the answer, like Sophie said before is everyone like, I think a lot of people are going to drink it and it's going to be um, a big thing, hopefully, because we started this whole brand. (laughs) (laughs) You were pretty early on in the seltzer world, weren't you? In the Australian seltzer world, at least. Yeah, we would have been one of the first, I don't know, in the first like five, ten, something like that that came out, maybe even um, a bit less than that. But we... Yeah, we trialed it. I fucked up a few batches and we put them down the drain and then we kind of figured it out. Um, and we got one of my friends as a winemaker and has a crossflow filter. So we got the crossflow into Footscray and did like little trial batches um, and kind of na- nailed it. And we, um, so we started releasing them just in the normal can with a label on, which is more just like a way to test it out and figure out if it's actually going to work. Um, before getting, you know, massive can runs printed and investing in our own filter and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, now we're, now we've got, yeah, our own filter and stuff down in um, Mornington that we use for it. And we've put some extra tanks in there for, to do the seltzer fermentation. So um, we're invested in it now. So hopefully it goes the right way. <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, I think it must have been in between lockdowns over summertime. And we had a, a Trugo day. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the Hop Nation Trugo day, uh, which you guys have been yes. big supporters of the club. Thank you. It's um, quite an eventful day, that one. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I was at the second second one, but I, I certainly heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the, the day that I'm referring to, it, was a, it must have been a lady that she was a chef and she had a lot of, there's a lot of hospo people there. And they were super, super millennial audience or crew, and there was a lot of seltzer going down. Yeah, um, and there was no, there was no brand loyalty. Like, someone didn't turn up with six of one; they had three or four different ones. Yeah. Uh, and you, I think your, you do one with Black Hearts. Yeah, we did a grapefruit one with Black Hearts. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one popped up. Um, and yeah, it was really interesting to see. Just the, you know, if it was kind of our, you know, our era of, of Hospo, what people would have been turning up with would be, you know, Melbourne Bitter or, or something. And yeah. now it's Seltzer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was I, a really interesting interesting thing to, to witness, I guess. Yeah, I think that, like you mentioned, that brand loyalty thing, um, there probably isn't much brand loyalty at the moment because it's such a, you know, young market and people kind of trying, you know, all the different brands, seeing what they like. Um, but hopefully as it matures in the next, you know, whatever, three to five years, people, you know, will have their brands that they like and support. Um, and we're hoping because we were pretty close to first to market that uh, there's a few <laughs> more people out there. <laughs> uh, I have seen uh, bus stop billboards around Footscray for Ray, which they look great. So it's kind of a moment of like, oh, right, there's... Hop Nation seltzer billboards or bus stop ads around. Uh, It's fun to see. 
Yeah, that's cool. The other thing I want to talk about was uh, Blobfish. Yeah. Today announced, as we record this, that it was cancelled. Yeah. Uh, which, which sucks. It does really suck. So we, um, you know, we obviously had the inaugural Blobfish, which we, like, loved. It was such an amazing event. <clears throat> also got heaps of love from different brewers, breweries, and um, it was, like, a really nice community event. Um, and then... Last year, COVID, so we just cancelled it completely. This year, um, and the format was we were at the Meat Marker, which is an old, um, like, butchery building or whatever in, um, in Melbourne, which has a capacity of around 800 people, something like that. Um, and so we, like, knew that was never going to be on the table this year, but we decided we could just do a mini version of it at Zymergy because we have like a big beer garden out the back of Zymergy um, and we you know scale it back have it just sort of you know a couple of each brewer has like you know a tap or two taps and you can talk to the brewer you know be outside where it's kind of socially distanced and um, at least like let it sort of live on through these weird COVID times but um, that's been cancelled so um, we're a bit gutted about that. It's definitely not not um, not super stoked, but um, yeah, the plan is we don't want to let it go either. At some stage when the world returns to normal, um, we want to be um, back at the at the meat market and have a whole bunch of brewers there and um, have you know, awesome people tasting and celebrating um, barrel aged salvias. It was a We've talked about the the first one a, a lot on the podcast, but it was certainly like a. I almost want to say a surprise when, you know, seeing that kind of niche festival for a pretty niche product, you know, do really well and be really well attended, and then the overall quality of of beer was so high. Uh, I guess were you surprised by by either of those things? Yeah, I was, we were surprised by the support. We obviously. You know, we wanted to put it together and do it, so we knew there would, or we thought we knew that um, there would be the interest in it. Um, and yeah, we, I, I was like, with the overall quality of beer, I was like, um, you know, surprised and, and stoked with it. It was really, really good. Yeah. So our premise was that <clears throat> the um, someone that was either the brewer, you know, or or the owner had to be there. It wasn't so if you try to send a sales rep, not the sales reps are bad, they're great. Um, There's one just sitting over there staring at me now. Um, But, you know, we we wanted that real closeness to the beer so that people could ask, you know, technical questions or, um, you know, really feel a connection to the the beer they were getting poured just um, rather than a sales rep sort of going through the motions with them. Hmm. It's a great condition, um, I reckon. Yeah. And I guess I'm assuming people were open to that. Yeah, well, they had to be or they weren't invited. <laughs> <laughs> that was the rules. So that was how it was. I feel like anyone playing in that, in that space or doing those kinds of beers is like, yeah, wants it, to talk about it, right? Exactly. Yeah. The passionate. I want to be there and do it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I had noted down was Zimiji. Uh, have you been to Zimiji, Dave? No, I haven't. Yeah, I'm so excited to come. In, uh, well, I mean, we'll see when that happens. But um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, like real keen to go. One day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you got You got to order the pretzel when you go. I feel like that's the kind of thing Dave would order anyway, right? Yeah, Dave? I mean, you're not going yeah. to twist my arm too hard to get me to buy a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess pre pre COVID, how was that all going? Or well, I guess in between it's- COVID. Yeah, it was. It had been going really well. Like last summer, because um, we got it open, you know, just as sort of everything opened back up, and we've obviously got it's a big beer garden out the back of it. Um, so that worked really well because people felt, I guess, safe being somewhere that they were outside, could distance from people, um, have like you know good beer food and um, and good good beers and drinks as well. So yeah, it had been going uh, really well, but lockdowns. Obviously, you know, definitely put a damper on things in that sense, but we've managed to, you know, do lots of takeaway packs and different bits and pieces that have, you know, you don't make money out of it, but you at least, you know, everyone stays employed and everyone, 
um, you know, has something to do. So I think it's a, it's good. Um, for people that might not be familiar with it, what's the kind of, what's the approach and what's the ethos for it? So um, Zymergy means the art of fermentation um, or the science art, something like that. <laughs> and um, a lot of what we're doing um, contains some degree, some degree of fermentation, whether it's like the chefs are getting into lots of koji or different um, vinegars or pickling and um, all those sort of fermentations. And then um, there's about 12 taps of Hop Nation beer, all our wines, sour beers, um, also our friends' wines and other people's spirits. Um, and then we have like a big charcoal you call it like a rotisserie i guess um and we do yeah meats on that veggies on that um just looking up because i it was a brazilian barbecue yeah wasn't it? it's a brazilian barbecue but i guess the style of food that we're doing is like i don't know what you call it modern australian or something like that <clears throat> with um, like a lot of fermentation involved Fancy barbecue, mate. Fancy barbecue. That's what, that's what I liked about it. Um, I remember going there just kind of as you launched for an article and, you know, a lot of the, the stuff I write for broadsheet is I'm going to super, you know, well, like architects designed a big concept place and there's all sorts of whatever. And then walking to Zimaji, it was like, oh, this is great. It's a backyard yeah. and there's beer and there's barbecue and everything's delicious and that's yeah. nice. Um, yeah, we're, re- we're really trying to sort of get it into the realm of come in, have snacks, drink, um, and it not be pretentious. That's sort of what, where we want it to sit, um, but still have really nice food. Um, yeah, which I think it's it's was definitely getting there. But <laughs> and before we started, you said you've got some uh, things in the cooker. What's what's on the go now that you know you've got all these other projects happening? What do you? What else you got going on? So at the moment, I'm sort of in the middle of a big reshuffle of um, Hop Nation Footscray. So um, we uh, we've taken our old brew house out of the building, which some people might be a little bit sad about. But um, yeah. we've replaced that with all of our site sour beers. So um, probably for the last year at least i just haven't had any time to really focus on the sour beer projects like i've done a little bit here and there but not really where i want it to get um so we put stillage down i've racked out all of our barrels put them back to barrel um taken the top off the um off one of our fooders and made it into an open top fermenter um we've just put our first beer through that so um, fermented in the open top and then now it's gone to barrel um, so the space now has going to have a big focus on um, our sour beer and what we're doing with that so the wort we make down in Mornington and then we truck the wort up and then do all the fermentation uh, blending and uh, fruiting whatever we want to do up here which is going to give us the ability to really really focus on salvia and do some really good stuff which i'm stoked about and also we're going to put a still in the brewery as well we're at footscray um, which is coming this week hopefully actually i need to ring those people and see if it still is coming this week um and we are going to start um making gin on site here and also start aging um different whiskies um, also, I'm really like Calvados is one of my favorite um, spirits. So I'm going to try um, make a little bit of Calvados and things like that. So yeah, lots of like um, fun stuff to play with as well. And it's going to transform um, this building back into, um, you know, a production space. There'll be you know, lots of things happening, ferments going and, um, you know, stills doing their thing. And um, also look really cool because barrels look amazing. So it'd be chock a block for the barrels. Yeah. What's, that's uh, super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's being, you know, a 15-minute walk from you. That's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that, no, we haven't really told anyone about that. So, But when everyone comes back into the building, they'll see. I've kind of done it during this lockdown. So. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
what is uh what is Calvados for people that might not know? Calvados is um, apple brandy, but apple brandy sounds pretty unsexy. Um, but Calvados is from um, Normandy in France, so they obviously produce lots of apples and um, make really good ciders, and they also distill those apples and then age them. And it's um, yeah, really, it's one of my favourite spirits to drink. Um, so we're gonna. We'll do a little bit of that, play around, and then I've obviously got a lot of friends that are winemakers, um, and they all have you know, different wines or ideas that they want to distill. So, you know, we'll collaborate on different things as well and try, yeah, try a hand at a few things. Is anyone else doing Calvados at Australia? I know, I know Willie Smiths do. Oh, yeah. They've got a still, and they and I've tasted some of their stuff, and it's really, really good. But yeah, you can't call it Calvados because Calvados can only be from um, Normandy, so you have to call it apple brandy, which just doesn't sound cool. So we need to figure out another name for <laughs> it. Sounds cool. I feel like we spoke to someone else that was looking at doing it, yeah, um, either currently or in the future. But um, yeah, uh, sure. was it Dollar Bill? I, feel like I can't remember. I can't remember. Maybe they're doing some aging in Calvados barrels is where I... No, I thought we spoke to someone who was going to be trying their hand at it, but I can't remember what it is. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I've ever tried it. What does it taste like, Dunk? Uh, it's just like apples. Like You get like a really good apple character to it, but it's obviously Asian barrels, so you get that colour out of um, the barrel, that like spiciness. Um, yeah, with... I'll get I'll get a bottle of Calvados. One of my really good friends in France, um, Guillaume, he um, makes Calvados for Le Pierre Jules, or that's his family, and that's how I got into it. So he would, um, yeah, always take bottles of Calvados to the harvest that I did in Burgundy, um, and yeah, I got into it there. But they have like old stuff, like as he'd take magnums of twenty year old Calvados for us to drink. It's like holy it's moly, so fucking good. What's the aging process on it in the barrel? <clears throat> in terms of like... How long? Like what's the, you know, well, like thinking of like gin is obviously quick, then whiskey's yeah. long. Where does Calvados sit? So it depends. Like you can get, like m- most of you like drinking Calvados would be like three years old. Um, but then like the Pierre Jules has like their 20 year old, but they can, you can also get, they do like single releases of, you know, 50 year olds and stuff like that but it just gets like more complex um so that as it gets older and you get less of that like apple-y characters kind of fades over time um but when you're drinking like a you know a three-year you get that really you know apple character to it um yeah and less less complexity but are yeah. you planning on experimenting with the aging of that um of your try of the apple ready yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We'll get a bunch of different barrels, and um, yeah, I don't, I, like I don't want to really release anything that's under three years. So we'll probably look at you know once it's three years old, starting to release some, in, some, and then keeping some for for blending and keeping some older. You gonna do a barrel aged seltzer? <laughs> Should <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll, we really want to do whiskey as well. So whiskey will probably be, after gin, whiskey will probably be our main focus, and then I'll just play around with you know, different um, other spirits that I like to drink, basically. But sort of no pressure on the the that side of the business. It's, it's never going to be huge or whatever. It's just a you know, fun thing to, to do and keep yourselves interested. Is Are anybody you- else doing beer, wine, and whiskey? Or a few wine and spirits? I'm not sure. Someone probably is, for sure. But I don't know. I feel like one of the like South Australian Pikes, maybe, are they doing spirits? Because they do wine as well, don't they? But, yeah, Pikes do wine, beer, but I don't know if they do spirits or not. Hmm. Good question, Dave. And, and seltzer as well. Exactly. <laughs> well. I think if you add seltzer into the equation, we'd be the only ones. Bloody <laughs> exciting, yeah. What a time. Are, you, are you regretting that you called it Hop Nation at the start? <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious question, by the way. You can. You... <laughs> um, no, I like Hop Nation. It, it kind of like we we were talking about um, this the other day. Like, you know, obviously it's like a more basic name for sure. 
that like brands kind of become the, the the brand becomes the name in a way, I guess. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um and now it is what it is and it's um yeah, it's Hob Nation that can, couldn't be anything else. It's like when you have a child and you name it whatever. Fish and chat, and then it just becomes fish and chat. <laughs> it's it's that kind of thing of like, uh, you know, is the Nike logo a great logo, or is it just a logo you recognise? Kind of, you know, exactly. you associate the name with, yeah, you know, as you said, it's just become the name of what yeah. you guys do, and it's disassociated from hops in that sense. Yeah, but still, with well, with the spirits brand, it'll be. Like we kind of like to keep them different, like we have with like a sour beer, yeah. Ray being different, Hop Nation's different, um, yeah. So it'll be, yeah, different, but it'll, yeah, still fall under our umbrella or our way of doing things. Um, I guess we should probably talk about sort of hazies and how that's all going. Yeah. Um, how, how's the world of hazies for Hop Nation? It's 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 still ticking along really well. Yeah. Um, we did. I don't know. Have you tried Better Distractions yet? No. Dave, did you have that one? I didn't have that one. I had Synchronicity. Yeah. And Synchronicity I, I really enjoyed as well. But Yeah, I said to Luke last week that that, that beer sort of um, has put all hazy beer back on my radar in some regard because I sort of like early on, I found a few that I didn't really love and kind of like decided that it just wasn't really for me and I wasn't really um, exploring it. But I, I had yours and I was like, man, I think maybe I'm missing out on some good things here. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that beer, but I enjoyed Better Distractions better, which is our latest um, release. I'm not sure if there's any left. I think one have sold out, but you probably get a bottle shop somewhere. Um, but we're really sort of honing in like with all the things that we're doing with Rattenhund, all the beers really honing in on the brewing process, really focusing um, a lot on um, quality and how we can make things better and like always like innovating. Um, yeah. in the pursuit of like getting, getting better beer. And I think that really shows in better distractions. It's like a really enjoyable, hazy beer. Uh, I just brought it up on your website. It's sold out on the website. Uh, gorgeous label though, really, really fun. Yeah. Um, same with the Jawbone Saltbush and Oyster Stout. Man, that's a lovely label. <laughs> yeah, that's a really – who did that, so? Matt Hobson. Matt Hobson, yeah. Um, um, so the Jawbone was pretty interesting. That's um, one of our former brewers, Eli. He went over to the mill, um, but he did a lot of our recipe development while he was here. Um and that was one that we released, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember what we released it. Two years ago, yeah. And we decided we'd, we'd take it back. So our neighbours down at the brewery used to be Tim and Terry's. They got, um, the building got pulled down because of the Westgate Tunnel. Um, but so we were like, obviously, we an excellent oyster shucker. We need to make an oyster stout. And then Eli came up with a really cool recipe and we had some salt bush and um, we also use some seawater in it as well. Um, but this year I went to the Tim and Terry's new premise and got um, a bunch of oysters and oyster shells off them from there and took them down to Mornington and then got some um, seawater out of the ocean and, um, yeah, some native salt bush from, from around the area as well. And made, it makes it like a bitter chocolate salty kind of vibe. And it's really cool. Did you literally take a bucket down to the, to the ocean? I, I literally did that, yeah, and it was yes. really fucking cold, and I was trying to get <laughs> in to fill the bucket up. That <laughs> yeah, was terrible, yeah. Um, how's the the core range tracking and all this? The the kind of the original lineup. Really good, like the um, you know pale ale is the heart pale ale, still about sixty percent of what we do. Wow. So that's that's where wow, yeah. like our bread and butter is in our core range, which we like worked hard to make sure that's the case. Like obviously we love all these um and we not not only love but learn a lot from the limited release stuff that we're doing and pushing the boundaries and um you know, working with a bunch of different styles of beer. But 
honing in and making sure the quality of our um, core range is our like main focus, and that's where we, that's where like our business lies really is in that core range. I did also see the billboard up in Footscray in the like the main intersection of Footscray. If you're going past Franco Cotto, uh, you you would have seen it. Um, and it was what was the campaign? It was like take a photo in front of the yeah billboard on the billboard. Yeah, and I I kind of like. Was, I was like super busy um, when all that was sort of going on. Like I kind of didn't listen too much of what was sort of happening in the, in the marketing department. And then I was just driving down the street and I was like, fuck, that's our billboard. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> they lost my shit. I was like, this is great. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's come a, a long way from just me and Sam hustling to, to where it is now, which is, yeah, it's really cool. Dave, do you have any uh, other questions before we... No more questions, but I'm very keen to see if Carwin have got any of that um, of that new IPA. Um, I want to. Bit of distractions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might I might head down to Mister West this week and see if they've got some there. Um, in the meantime, Dunk, if people, what's the best place to find Hop Nation information on the internet? Sophie, what's the best? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about just asking that straight to Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> on our yeah, website, socials. Um, yeah, it's probably the best spot to, to find out about what we're doing. Like we post a lot on Instagram about new beer releases and events or things that are well, not events because you can't fucking have events. But um, yeah, things that are happening. Um, yeah, definitely Instagram's a good spot. Hop Nation Beer on Instagram, uh, and Sophie is Sophie Sophie Bloomfield, the marketing and communications. Thank you, thank you for your input, Sophie. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> um, Dunk, before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to add? Ah, uh, no, that's that's all good. Just stay stay safe in lockdown yeah. <laughs> and keep, keep buying beer because it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, Dave, where do people find you on the internet? Send me an email, davidaleofatime.com. Luke, how about you? Uh, at aleofatime.com, uh, aleofatime on Instagram and all the other socials and hypothetical institute in your podcast apps for your conspiracy needs. Uh, we just released an episode about clowns and the history of clowns and all the, uh, the seedy world that you might not know about them. So tune in for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In the meantime, uh, we'll chat to everyone soon. And uh, yeah, Doug, thanks so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man.